We welcome you to the media ministries of the Gathering Church in the Countryside YMCA of Mainville. As we love the Lord and each other, we're trusting that God would use us to plant the church in every YMCA around the world. To this end, would you join us? We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. and in community groups throughout the week. As you listen to this resource, our prayer is that your love for Jesus would grow deep and your love for others would be seen and heard. Let's say a word of prayer over our service and our time together. Dear God, we thank you that you're here with us. We thank you that we get to celebrate you this morning, God, as we celebrated you over the last week. We thank you for all that you've done in our lives, God, and we, we look to you this morning, work in our hearts, work in our minds, God, that you would be our foundation, our stability, our focus in 2021, God. We look to you. We give you this time in your name. Amen.
Good morning and welcome to the gathering. You may have a seat. Well, Merry Christmas, probably one last time until next year, yes? Merry Christmas. Merry yeah. Christmas. It's good to see you all. I see that uh, some of you are wearing your Christmas like gifts, sweaters, new shoes, and um, it's cool in that when we gather on Sunday, uh, there is, there's more. There's more to come. Christmas is not just an event. Jesus didn't come just to create a holiday, but He came to redeem. And uh, if you believe in Him, you'll have life. And life in His name, and we can celebrate that all the time. And I know that this Sunday I need to come to church and sit under God's Word and be with God's people and be reminded that God is good, and He's good all the time. Amen? Well, let's do that together. Uh, does, it, does anything look differently up here to you guys? I thought so too. I thought, let's go ahead and just change it, you know? It looks a little short, or maybe Mike got a little tall during Christmas time. So did you guys know that this is adjustable? I know. Welcome 2021. It's going to be awesome. Okay, hey, two announcements, and then we'll kind of introduce uh, uh, our special service today, okay? So the first one is that our January reading plan is out, okay? Um, and so our prayer, just to reiterate, each, each time we use the same verse to start it out, it says Ezra set his heart to study the law. That's from the book of Ezra, chapter 7, verse 10. And it says, our prayer is that you would love God and others more as a result of being devoted to the word and applying it to your life in the church. And so, friends, all ages, if you can read, right? If you want to grow this year in Christ, you need to be tethered to God's word. And this is a great way to do it. Many of you follow reading plans that are out there, and that's wonderful. The goal of our reading plan is for it to be tethered to the sermon series so that you're hearing it on Sunday and, and receiving it like the Bereans did in Acts 16. You're receiving it. You're going home and seeing if it was so. And then, and then you're talking about it in community groups. And you're reading it personally. And if that happens, this church will be alive by the Spirit. Okay? And others will be attracted to the gospel because they'll see it in your life. But it's got to happen through His Word. So that's our, our goal for you. So that's the first announcement. January reading plans are out. And we pray that that blesses you. The second announcement is that next Sunday... And I know that there's some discrepancies on when you say next Sunday. When I say next Sunday, I'm not talking directly to anyone. When I say next Sunday, I say in seven days. When others say next Sunday, they mean in 14 days, right? Yes. It's been attention, hasn't it? But next Sunday, no, no, I'm just teasing. In seven days, in seven days, this coming Sunday, not today, but but the following Sunday on the calendar, 
there will be no one in this building. So if you're new or if you, if you haven't caught this yet, that we are a part of a family of churches that are relationally connected. Uh, our mama church, Antioch, our sister church, Landon Church, um, every year, starting really last year, we have said, let's start off the year together in worship. And so we'll be, uh, we'll be not here, but we'll be up in Lebanon. There are two services, one at nine, one at 11. The thing I don't know is, do we need to register for that? And uh, you'll hear from us, probably. So assume that that will be the case, that you'll need to um, book a spot or however you say it. Um, so that's, that's the plan. Don't come here. Head on up to Lebanon and, uh, and it'll be great. Um, you'll hear from each of the pastors and some staff. Uh, we'll be reminded of what are we doing? Who are we again? And um, we pray that it'll be really encouraging to you knowing that, um, that you're a part of something um, called the local church that is connected to other local churches that is connected to the kingdom of God. And it'll be great. Well, this, uh, this morning, um, as we just prayed and, um, and planned out what this Sunday would look like, um, we thought it'd be good to, to reflect on what 2020 was for us. And, um, and here's how we're going to do it this morning, okay? Um, you're going to get essentially two mini-sermons, Okay? And this morning, in terms of feeding on God's Word, we're calling it uh, the top two verses of 2020. And, um, and uh, we're going um, to share just about five or ten minutes from, from one verse. And then we're going to open it up uh, to the church. Um, we haven't asked anyone specifically to share, but there's a, there's a mic here. And we want you to respond um, from the verse, from God's word, and uh, give a testimony, which means to testify about what God has done in your life this past year. We'll have four or five people say, you know what? The Lord really did work in my life this year in this specific way. And then um, after we do some testimonies, we'll respond um, uh, with song. Um, we'll have communion right in the middle, and then you'll, you'll hear another verse, one of the top two, and we'll do the same thing, and it'll be just a different angle of um, how God worked and what we learned and things like that. We'll, have, we'll open it back up for people, and then uh, we'll close our service in song. And so I pray that you will be um, challenged, encouraged, you'll be reminded um, through gathering and looking at the same scriptures together. But also, um, the Bible says that, hey, when you hear from other believers, that you, you are encouraged, edified, and built up. And so if you're here this morning, and if you're like, oh, I could never say something in church. I'm not, and you, you, know, you know, make your list. I'm not um, you know, smart enough, or I don't, I'm not eloquent enough. I'm not this or whatever. Please know this, that I need to hear what God did in your life. Like we all need to hear and we'll miss out on the blessing if you don't share, right? And that's not pressure or whatever, but like um, a lot of times, you know, our, our church, we're, we love community groups and every community group gets to hear uh, how each other is doing, but this is a great chance 
to share with the church at large um, how God has, has melted, changed, transformed your heart. Cool? You got it? Everyone with me? Okay, so let's, let's begin our time. Um, this is uh, top two verses of 2020. Um, would you open your Bibles with me to the book of James? James is in the New Testament. Go really far to the right if you're not familiar with the scriptures. And we'll be in chapter 4. And uh, the verse that I want you to write down and remember is verse 15. But I'm going to start reading in verse 13. If you're joining us online, welcome. Um, glad that you get to take part uh, virtually. Uh, go ahead and open your Bibles if you're sitting at home to the book of James. All right, so number one verse, if the Lord wills, if the Lord wills. <laughs> Let me start reading in verse 13. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. And here we go. Here's the bullet. Ready? Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live or do this or that. So I chose this verse um, to summarize what the Lord has done in many of our hearts in 2020. And just to pitch it out there, think back on the last 10 to 12 months and think back specifically on um, how your heart um, has been disappointed or broken as a result of having to change your plans. Maybe it's um, rescheduled flights. Maybe it's uh, canceled family plans. I know that that has happened many times. Uh, birthday parties have been canceled as a result of COVID. And we have all learned to hold our plans a little more loosely in 2020. Yes? All right, now everyone look at me. This is a great gift that God has given us. This is a great gift that God has given us the ability to hold things a little more loose in 2020. Remember that. Hold on to that. That's what the Lord was teaching us. That's what the Lord was teaching this church a long time ago, to hold a little more loosely. And I'll say it like this. The issue of the control of our lives was brought to the forefront. Um... Like on, a, on, a, on a way smaller scale, but just to, just to begin to introduce this topic or idea of control, um, weather seems to be a great agent of, of humbling people and allowing them to remember that they're not in control, right? I mean, if you got, if you got flights to Florida and a hurricane's coming, how many of us have thought like, oh, that's my trip, right? But there's not a whole lot you can do about a hurricane or tornado, big rainstorm. Like, what are you going to do about it? 
you have to submit or humble yourself to weather. It's something bigger than you, right? Um, You guys know our story. We moved uh, to Ohio from Texas. We lived in Texas for 11 years, and uh, North Texas especially has pretty predictable weather. Great highways, um, not a whole lot of snow or ice on the road in Texas. It's pretty hot. But in terms of planning things, um, we would type in our GPS, um, the address that we wanted to go to. It said 21 minutes away. We would look on our clock and we would plan our margins paper thin for 21 minutes and give it no additional thought, no spiritual thought, no like, I wonder if we'll get there in like 23 It was like, essentially, we are the captain of our soul, and we direct our own ship, and uh, things go the way we plan it. And that's kind of the, 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 the Texas thought life that we came from. And then we moved to Ohio and like little phrases were introduced to us like, we might be a little late because, you know, I just don't know how the weather will hold up or the roads might be a little slipper. We might have to do, and it was like, what? Like, seriously? And it was like, yeah, seriously. And there's this just natural agent of weather that automatically humbles people. So, hey, if the weather is good, we'll be there according to our plans. If the weather is bad, then we have to kind of obey and submit to the conditions out there. And then this year came, and it was a little bit more than weather, wasn't it? Remember news of COVID-19 virus started coming into our TVs and our podcasts and radio from from this random unknown town to us in China. And um, we thought, ah, that's fine. It'll never like come here. That's like their stuff to worry about. And then it jumped its banks, uh, jumped over the ocean, and it came into our own homes. In 2020... Uh, we were all quarantined and uh, our plans were canceled. Expectations, goals, whatever you want to call it, for 2020 were unmet. They were dashed, maybe dreams broken. And uh, language now was, do um, you remember the discussions of uh, uh, new normal or, or during quarantine, we would say, well, I hope that we just get back to what? Just get back to normal. And then there was this like spiritual battle, this like rigor inside of us. We're like, wait a second. Do we want things to get back to normal? It seems like God's shaking things up. He's doing something. I want some things to, but I never want to trade what I learned. And so like during quarantine, we began like having these, these thoughts and prayers and we wrestled with them as a church. And, uh, and, even us as a church, we're guilty of sometimes putting our hope in, a, in something false. Where, you know, once quarantine finishes, then things will get better. Or uh, then things will get back to normal. Or then all 
all this stuff will go away, right? And then our expectations begin to be readjusted again and again and again and again. What church, what church, what is control? So here's, here's my crack at it, okay? Control is confidence in your own ability to manage and maintain your life. So control, we could say, is a masked, pun intended, version of pride. That's what control is. And oftentimes we think of pride and we, we have this like caricature of pride. And it's often manifested in the high school varsity quarterback. Like that's the prideful guy, right? He's got it all together. He's good looking. And he's walking down the hallway on Friday during school. He's got his jersey on. His chest is puffed up. And he's waving to everyone. He's like the iconic extrovert. Everyone wants to be like on good terms with him. They want to be good friends with him. And he wants to be liked by everyone. He's posting all over the place. And he wants to get like the Instagram likes. And his desire, his prideful desire is control. But it's a control to attain. He's acquiring He wants to acquire likes. He wants to get friends and and get more reputation. He wants to build his name. He's out for his gain. He wants to control circumstances so that things go his way. His pride of control is that he desires to attain. The extrovert. What about the introvert, though? What about the guy in high school who controls in order to protect? Different than the quarterback. Is this guy prideful? What if he stays home all day in order to control the circumstances around him so that he won't get hurts so that people won't say anything bad about him so that he won't be put in a situation where he feels uncomfortable and so he's going to control the methods of communication he's going to live his life living through or communicating by video games is he prideful friends both in fact are desiring to control their lives and both are prideful towards God. So it's been easy to react to COVID this year and I know we're tired of it, but we have to hold on to what we learn. It's been easy to act, or forgive me, it's, it's been easy to respond to COVID with Christianese. And say things like this. Well, God's still on his throne. Is God still on his throne? Absolutely. Of course he is. But um, it is 
It is our job as Christians to continue to um, submit our words and our attitude to the Lord. And sometimes, if we're not careful, here's what we really mean when we say that. If we're not thoughtful about it, what we're really saying is, God is in control and he's on his throne as long as things go the way I planned them. Lord, just don't mess with my plans. And so the big thing that I'd like our church to remember is this verse, if the Lord wills. We're not just teaching verbiage. James isn't just teaching, hey, say this and you'll be a nice person. But he's teaching an attitude of the heart to be a believer that's surrendered to God, to have his eyes ready to what God is doing. To be willing to let go of plans made. It's not wrong to plan, but to be willing to be flexible in order to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. We'll see in Romans 8 that those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So here's here's the questions, um, and I just prepared two of them prior to our testimony time um, that I'd love us to consider and share, okay? When our plans changed and the Lord's will, uh, not ours, prevail, are you ready in 2021 to see what he has in front of you? Or we could change it to past tense, like when when your plans changed in 2020 and it was the Lord's will and not your will that prevailed, Were you ready to see what he was doing? And obviously, when you share, that question arises because of the turmoil that we all felt in our own hearts. So don't be afraid to say, no, I wasn't ready. And that's the beauty and patience and long-suffering of our God to us. He is our Father, we are his children, and he tenderly, patiently brings us along, doesn't he? So it's like, I wasn't ready. I had all these plans. I fought it. But here's what the Lord taught me. So that's kind of that first question couched, okay? The next one is, uh, what did he do in your life when your plans changed? So, worship team, uh, would you come on up? And uh, they'll just play um, if, if there's times of silence and um, let me just put you at ease like if no one comes up for a minute or two it's okay like don't don't uh, think that it's an awkward time like just think and, and pray and pray for each other and and uh, and have courage and come up um, and share if the Lord is is, is leading you to okay um, and after a time um, Joe could you close us up and um, and we'll we'll respond in song so Thanks, guys.
Mike, you didn't, you didn't tell us how much time we have. Mike's a young pastor. You just don't do an open mic when you've got a former pastor in the... It's been six months since I preached, so I just might... This, this year um, has been the biggest transition Susie and I have ever gone through, ever. And um, I've pastored uh, five different churches in 43 years, but nothing like leaving the pastorate and going to the great unknown. Just nothing can prepare you for that. Um, I actually planned a year in advance, announced to our church back in Pennsylvania that we're leaving um, a year from now. And of course, I didn't know, none of us knew COVID was going to hit. So this transition that was sort of in my mind all mapped out, it was going to be very smooth. I was going to plan, I was going to get a job in Ohio that was all going to, you know, that was all going to be step by step. All that went by the wayside. Our leaving Pennsylvania went right out the window because suddenly we were all shut down. We couldn't really say goodbye to our church family there in the way we wanted to. And it was just all changed. And if I had to, if I had to be honest about uh, James chapter uh, 4, I would say no. I, I did not say, Lord, you know, this is your will, and I just accept it, you know, with open arms. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. I embrace it. Um, so we left two months before we thought we were going to, got here. You know, there was no job. Um, I had the, the, the plans that I had thought that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a chaplain, or maybe I'm going to go on staff at some church and so forth. Uh, none of those doors opened up. In fact, they were closed. And um, did I ever in a million years dream I would be working at Home Depot? I, you know, I am so far out of my element. Everybody laughed because I'm not, you know, I don't build things. I don't use tools. Here I am in an environment where that's all everybody does. You know, and... um, and yet, I, you know, Susie and I can tell you that God has been so faithful. He has been so very faithful. And for all my years as a pastor, I always wondered, what would it be like to be a layman? What would it be like to be most of you? You go to a job where, you know, most of the people don't know Jesus. What would that be like? I mean, I, working in the church, you're working with people who, as, as we've said a hundred times, either know Jesus or think they do. The ones that think they do, they're the worst to, to try to reach because they have this idea that because I go to church on Sunday morning, I'm a follower of Christ. And so here I am, you know, put in a place where now I know a little bit about what it's like to work with people who are so far from him and and are so desperately in need of him. I know. I never knew that before. Would I have learned that any other way? I don't think so. Now I know what most of you men and women deal with every day. You go into that you go in that workplace and, and you're saying, Lord, use me to be a light in a very dark place. 
So um, I, I just have to say, God, you are so gentle. You are so, as the book Mike has challenged all of us to read, gentle and lowly or lowly and humble and gentle or something. Um, I, he has been that with me. He has been that with me. And I just give him all the glory and praise. Um, it, it is, I've, been, I've had a hard year like all of you have, but he's been faithful. Oh, bless, bless his name. Um, to be honest, this year for us, for me, was kind of a vacation because all my stuff was canceled. Sorry, I don't want that to fall out. And uh, I like staying home, so I didn't mind it. It was kind of fun. But what the Lord showed me is that um, he helped me be realigned because I am very much one to run off and do my own thing. And like, I want to do this and I want to do that. And, and I say, Lord, come along. And so that's kind of how I run things is the things I want to do are really big. And then he's more here, a little bit smaller. And what he's shown me this year is, he, you know, all the things that I want to do got shaken and moved and canceled and, um, but he is constant, and he is in control, and he is in authority over me. And my job is to be aligned with him and under his authority, not beside his authority, not in front of his authority, but under his authority. And so that's been a, a, a wonderful lesson because it frees me to be more at peace because he directs me and to be more confident and steady because he is in control of it all so I don't need to fear if something goes haywire you know I'm in alignment with him that's been a good lesson for me I'm not a pastor, so I won't take long. So, <laughs> um, I I think, uh, and the reason I came up is we have so many young kids and uh, in the congregation, and I think uh, the the control 
and the fears for our kids is something I had to uh, grow through this year. And uh, our youngest uh, earned a full scholarship uh, and so happy because I worry about what's going to happen with him because uh, he wants to be a pastor. And, you know, I do worry a little bit about how's he going to support himself and how's that all going to go. And that scholarship was just, hey, got control of that. And, uh, and now, and then he's not sure that he wants to go away to college um, and accept that. And I think I, I struggled a lot with uh, control of that and uh, concern about that. And I think just turning that over uh, to the Lord and he's been taking online classes the last uh, three months and the fact that he is home has allowed a lot of growth uh, in him and us uh, as parents. And you just don't know what God has in mind on that. And uh, I think for me, it's harder with the kids and the control uh, just because of the fear and concern and they're, they're in uh, God's, God's hands, so. service this morning. We'll have a chance to share some more of what God's done in a little bit. We're going to sing Behold, and the chorus is then sings my soul. And there's actually a line in this song that says, my ever-present help speaking truth when I can't find it. I think like Mike was sharing, this tests our own control, but I, I think of another old song. It says, kings and kingdoms shall all pass away, but there's something about that name. When you think of what is unmovable, what is uncrumbable, if that's a word, what is something that just will not change, will not go away, will not lessen, cannot lessen, it's God. And it's God's presence. He's an ever-present help in time of need, as this song is saying here. And uh, that's reassuring. I, we're looking ahead and planning ahead for 2021, and there's been two themes on my heart. One is peace, and the other is grace. And both are so hard, <laughs> as far as modeling that and living that out, especially in the kind of year we've had. But if I think of the opposite, you know, I think the opposite of grace is self, because I'm the barrier to accepting God's grace. I'm the barrier to living in God's grace. It's pride or it's, you know, turning it away or, or not living it out. It's something on me. And then with peace, it's not recognizing that God's the stability, that, that fear will take over if we don't have something to hold on to, if we don't have something that's a foundation for us and God being that foundation. So as we continue in worship, I just want to encourage you to look to God, to give up control, which I know is something I need to do, to look for accepting God's grace, accepting God's peace as gifts to help us in the year ahead, in today, and in, in the rest of our lives.
thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art, thou my best art, by day or by night. Oh.
Church, you may be seated. So we continue to uh, worship the Lord and come to his table this morning. Um, and since this is Testimony Sunday, I just want to take a minute before we come to, to, to the table. And this is probably the last thing um, that Mike and Hannah would want me to do. But in a year of thankfulness, in a moment where we just pause and reflect and say, God, you are so good, you are so faithful. Uh, I think I speak for all of us, and I think we would all agree and be unified in that if you just stop and think about it during this year, if there is one, there's probably more, <laughs> but if there's one occupation that has been incredibly challenging, it's being a pastor. It's being a shepherd of God's people and in a climate where there's so many heightened opinions. <laughs> uh, so many people, that they think they know what is right. They think they know what God would have us do. Uh, Mike and Hannah have led us in such humility and such godliness and such patience and at times a lot of humor like I don't know let's figure it out right and uh, as somebody just like you has followed them as they follow our Lord um, I just want to publicly say thank you to my my, my and Hannah uh, you guys have, again, graciously uh, and in a very Christ-like way has let, have led us so well. And so thank you for uh, being who you are and who God has called you to be in such difficult times. So. It's one of those transitions, okay, all right. As we approach the Lord's table this morning, uh, I thought of what, how appropriate it is to celebrate the bread and the cup this morning, right? Uh, this is Testimony Sunday. Thank you for, for the few of you that have already shared, and I'm sure if we were to shove a mic in each of your faces and forced you to say something, you could probably come up with something to say, yeah, this is what the Lord has, has done. But uh, Testimony Sunday uh, and the Lord's table, I think they, they fit intimately well because both of them are declarations. Uh, two days ago, we celebrated that 2,000 years ago, for God so loved the world that, that he, he gave, right? Jesus the one and only Son came into our broken world and He entered into our mess. Uh, not just, as Mike said, to give us a nice holiday, but to save us, to redeem us, to sanctify us, to rescue us. And then 33 years later, the reason why He came is He came to die. 
He came to shed his blood. The perfect spotless lamb of God came into our world and he shed his blood to wash away our sins, to make us whole again. And the night before Jesus was crucified, he met with his best friends and he had the bread and the cup and he declared that this bread is what? Yes. That will be broken for you and the cup represents my blood that will be shed for, for you. And he didn't just stop there and it wasn't just for them but he says as you continue to do this it's kind of an assumption that hey as you continue as I as I go away, as, as I actually die for, for you, and then as I go away and I'm, I go back to the Father and as continue to spread who I am to this world, do what this is all about. Celebrate the fact that I came. Celebrate this. Continue to worship in this way. That was a, a declaration to them, and it would be for generations that as we gather around the bread and the cup that we celebrate why Jesus came, what Christmas is really all about. But Testimony Sunday is also a declaration for you to say this is who God is and this is what God has done for me. Um, and I, <laughs> I wasn't going to say this, but I will say it, say it. Last night, Beck and I were watching a Christmas carol. And uh, as we know the story, right? He looks back at his past. He looks at his life now and he looks to what is to come. As I thought about that early this morning, as believers, we can look at what Christ what our life was before Jesus came into our lives, who we are now, but the glorious celebration of what we get to look forward to, right? We know, as we read towards the end, we know what's to come. And when we think about declaration and we think about uh, declaring, at the end times, those who stand strong, those who say, I belong to Christ. In Re Revelation 12, there are actually two things. Verse 11, it says, and they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of their testimony, right? By the blood of the Lamb. And by their words declaring who Jesus is and what he has done forever for them. That it's not our righteousness, it is his. Right? It's nothing that we've done, it's all what Christ has done for us. So as we declare this morning, as we celebrate the Lord's table, know that this is a declaration, a celebration, a testimony that has been celebrated for generations. And one that we will continue to celebrate into eternity with the Lamb. Right? Because of His blood and because of the words that we get to proclaim for what He has done for us. And so as we gather around, as we invite you to come, again, the bread and the cup are together in the same um, cup, container. 
uh, as you feel led, come. And as you take the bread and the cup, we ask that you would just take a moment and again, be thankful. Not in a rote way or like, here we go again, but just pause and reflect that our Lord was willing to come, to take on flesh, to live this perfect life. And He was willing to pay the ultimate price for you and for me. So let's celebrate the bread and the cup this morning together.
Jesus together and, and uh, celebrate the bread and the cup. Thanks for leading us, Paul. Let's go round two. You ready for mixed sermon number two? A little sermon mini. Here's the second top verse of 2020. And again, just a reminder, we'll, we'll just spend a little bit of time in this verse. And then we'd love to hear from the body of Christ. Uh, and then we'll close our time together with a song. Let me just, let me, let me read it before I give you the reference so that you can hear it with fresh ears. I know, I know that you're just going to say, ah, yes. That's, that's it. That's it. Here's the first part of the verse, ready? And he will be the stability of our times. So the second verse uh, is from Isaiah, chapter 33, verse 6. Here's the full verse. You can write it down, and uh, I know that some of you got new Bibles for Christmas. You can go there and highlight it and mark it on up and learn it well. This is Isaiah 33, verse 6. And he will be the stability of your times, abundance of salvation, Wisdom and knowledge, the fear of the Lord, is Zion's treasure. (laughs) I love that verse. I love that verse. And just this morning, in the next moments, I really want to focus on the word stability. So stability is a big deal. And I would think, well, here's a question for you. What What other year brought about scenarios and discussions like this one, (laughs) like 2020. What other year, right? And everything, all discussions, all scenarios, everything that happened seemingly led to instability. Yet Christ, he's been our rock, he's been our foundation, he's been our, our stable one. Our strong tower, it says in the Psalms, one that we can run to, that we can trust. Um, I, was, I was thinking about this and, and want, want to leave you with an image. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an example from history. In 1906, San Francisco uh, experienced an earthquake. And it was uh, April 18th. And uh, it was one of the most significant earthquakes of all time. It happened at 5.12 a.m. And it was recorded that um, the earthquake lasted from 45 to 60 seconds. And it measured 8.3 on the Richter scale. Um, People felt it all the way from southern Oregon to Los Angeles, all the way inland as far as central Nevada. It's a pretty big earthquake. And um, they say that these 60 seconds changed San Francisco forever. Um, And in addition to the earthquake, which if that wasn't bad enough, um, someone was cooking ham and eggs um, in their little stove and uh, that earthquake um, broke the chimney And um, this earthquake caused a fire that um, 
burned the majority of the city down um, for three days. Uh, the fire uh, was said to as burn as 2,700 degrees Fahrenheit. And uh, um, the fires were actually more catastrophic than the earthquake, they say. Um, and so um, it burned a 30-block area, including parts of City Hall and Market Street. And here's just some fun, not-so-fun facts. Um, the area of... Um, um, the area that was burned was 4.7 square miles. And by one count, um, the wood buildings that were lost, again, this is 1906, were 24,671. It's a lot of buildings, okay? Uh, brick buildings lost 3,168 for a total of 28,188 buildings lost. In 60 seconds, and then a fire that burned for three days. But in this uh, earthquake and fire, there was one building that remained standing. Like there was mass wreckage all over and everything burned. But somehow, the train station right in the center of the city remained. Like, look it up. Go, 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 go on Google. They're beautiful black and white pictures where there's rubble all around and one building standing. And that, my friends, is a great image or a picture of this year. And that train station is a great picture of Jesus Christ. Um, that is who he is. And that is what he, he continues to do. It's his ministry. It's his very character, his nature. Like when everything else seems falling or shaking or burning or tumbling down, um, we must remember and cling to and love and worship and cherish the fact that Jesus never changes. The news does. Politicians do. Jesus is our rock. Amen. And he will be the stability of our times. Jesus also uses um, suffering and hardships to make you more stable, to grow you. He uses them to shape and mold you more into his image so that you would love and trust him more, so you would look like him more. Um, I don't know if you've ever sprained an ankle, but um, once you're done with all the icing and all the wrapping and things like that, um, the first thing that they do is they bring you into physical therapist and he brings out something called a stability board. Anyone ever been on a stability board? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's this board that, it, that is balanced on a little ball or a little, you know, silicone um, circular, circular thing. And you can tell I'm a physical therapist specialist. I'm using all these technical words, you know. But you get up on it with one foot the foot that you sprained, the foot that's hurting, that needs to be stronger. Um, and you, you get up on it and balance it. And through the balance on the stability board, even though the board is shaken and rocky, your ligaments around your ankle tighten. And they, they stretch and, they, and they're worked so that it's stronger, so that you can be quicker and faster. You can jump higher and run longer, right? So that you're stable. 
See, not only Jesus is our stability, but he also produces in us a stability through things like sprained ankles and cracked ribs and difficult circumstances and times. This verse in Isaiah is a beautiful one. And how he makes his people stable is through the person and work of Jesus Christ and also through suffering. Let me read Romans 5, verse 3 through 5. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. And watch the stability board work right here. Ready? Knowing that our suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. But God's love has poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. So the question during our time of sharing is, how has Christ been your stability? And how have you grown through suffering? How have you grown through 2020? And just an encouragement. Um, let's, let's have, you know, four or five people. And, and uh, kids, you guys can share too. We want to we hear from you about what you've learned and how God has worked in your life and your perceptions of things and things like that. So any age, let's hear from the body of Christ and be built up. piggyback on what my husband Tim said earlier if you could recall um, the last year um, my emotions have been all over the place and um, as we were singing be thou my vision that uh, between where it says satisfied with Christ that has been um a question the Lord has asked me over and over again this year. Am I enough? Are you satisfied with me? And then Mike, um, Isaiah, this verse in Isaiah, God has used this in my life this last year. I love the book of Isaiah. It's one of my favorite books. But my version says, in that day he will be your sure foundation providing a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord will be your treasure. And above the, the word salvation, I have written deliverance. I, I need to be delivered from myself every day. Um, I think in the church, I think the world is crying out for genuine faith. And I believe the church needs to demonstrate that and display that to the world, what it means to live and trust in Jesus. The masks, I think the enemy and my flesh can 
put, because I'm an emotional person, I'm usually, I can get one extreme or the other. I can be, have that facade, the mask on, I'm fine, everything is okay, life is wonderful, God is good, he's faithful, all that. But inside, I'm not feeling that so much. Or the other extreme is, which I tend to go more, is I wallow. I wallow in my misery. <laughs> and, but God is saying, it's not that we are, I am to deny my trouble. I'm not to deny how I feel, my emotions. Those things are God-given. But what I'm not to deny, is, and what the world and the church needs to see, the difference that it makes in a believer that yes, we all have troubles, Jesus promised that, but it's how we, how we deal with them. We go to Jesus. He's the one that meets our needs. He's the one that changes us from the inside out. The troubles may remain, but it's his work in my life and my heart that makes all the difference. That's what the world, that's what the church needs to see. That's what I need to be. And I'm, th I'm so thankful that he hears and he listens to me and he sees me as he is. And he, he's not, I don't want to be satisfied with where I am today. I struggle just as you all do. And so I just thank the Lord that he delivers me. He is my salvation. He, I trusted Jesus many years ago, 15, 16 years old. But today, he is my salvation. He saves me from myself. And I give him praise. And, and I thank him for placing him, placing me in this place and in this time. Thank you so much for um, just welcoming Tim and I as Jesus has welcomed us into his in fellowship with him. Thank you. describe 2020 it'd be a year of taking um when my husband was diagnosed with cancer everything got taken from me my church my small group coffee with friends I would say the why but I don't work out that much anyway but in case I did that was taken away too um the stability of my husband's income was taken away um the comfort of of his health was taken away almost everything but then God gave me he gave me the Alan Kidd noon dance party every day um, groceries and meals delivered serenades um, on my porch um, and then uh, in July I got the text from my husband that his name was written in the book of life and at that point I knew that it was all going to be okay Regardless of how his cancer turned out, it was really, truly going to be okay. And then, of course, we have been given a complete healing from cancer. So, 
2020 was, um, well, that's just a hot mess, wasn't it? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, um, for everything he took from me, um, he gave me just a hundred times better. Um, he made me wait a little bit for it, but that's okay. Um, so, anyway, thank you guys also for walking along in this with me because stability is not my thing. So, uh, you, you are my stability board, and I love you all. Thank you. Just like this. Okay. So we all sometimes in this year fail to remember that God always loves us no matter what. So sometimes I just take a little bit of time every day to feel God's love and feel that He is our rock. We can come to him every, every day, no matter what we have. Never too great or too small. And I pray that you would all continue to be built in him. Short sermon, but I hope it hope it encourages all of you. dad used to say he used to say um somebody would ask him hey john how you doing and he'd say oh steadied by jerks steadied by jerks and i was with him often so i heard this saying you know and one day i was like dad that sounds so rude like sounds so rude to say steadied by jerks and he was like and he was talking about the jerks in life, not like the people jerks. <laughs> not like when people were jerks or people were mean. But it was the, the, 
the, um, how a car can, can jerk, you know, and how that's our life. Like there's, there's, we'll be going along smoothly and then something will happen and, and then you'll go along smoothly and something else will happen. And so that's, that's life. We're steadied by the jerks in life. Um, but the other day, on December 26, I was journaling, and I was reading in Isaiah, and um, I was reading Isaiah 25. When the breath of the violent is like a storm against a wall, like the heat in a dry land, you will subdue the uproar of the barbarians. And then on into verse 9. On that day, it will be said, Look, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he has saved us. This is the Lord we have waited for. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation, for the Lord's power will rest on this mountain. And I just, I was so encouraged by that because it says, this, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he has saved us. And so we know the end. We know the end of this trial and this struggle and our daily, you know, our daily battles that we fight. We know the end. He's going to save us. And, and as believers, our charge is to walk in obedience and then to walk in submission and to walk not like this, you know, there's no joy in that, but to walk in, in open hands and in surrender and in obedience. And so um, I guess that's just my encouragement uh, as I was encouraged, you know, to continue. I was reminding my girls the other day when I was, uh, when I had Addie, Mike gave me a necklace and on it was a, I'm actually wearing it, on it was a, is a diamond that his mom had won uh, in a contest. She submitted a poem and it was, it was children are like grains of sand. The tighter you hold, the less you hold. And so the the looser we hold our children and the looser we hold our lives, the more the more full we have them. We have. And so so I guess my encouragement to you guys in twenty twenty one is is to hold so loosely. To surrender much and to hold very loosely. Amen. It has been good to hear some of what God has done. The good news is it doesn't have to be a good year by any standards for God to be working in our lives and God to be doing things and showing us reference points, things we've gotten through with his help. What can we not get through right, with God's help? And so let's close by just singing uh, the chorus of Better Is One Day. If you want to stand up, let's just celebrate what God has done as we meet together, as we focus on him in 2021. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts. Thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts. Thousands elsewhere. Thousands elsewhere. Let's sing the bridge of this song. My heart and flesh cry out for you, the living God. Your spirit's water to my soul. I've tasted and I've seen. 
to me. I will draw near to you. I will draw near to you. on you we pray pray in your name